0: We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. This is episode 3 of Sci-Fi Talk. And this is where we are discussing everything about shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirless.
1: And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Episodes 5 and 6 of The Expanse.
0: It's so exciting. This is an awesome show.
1: Yes, it's definitely uh, kicking into high gear about now.
0: Oh, yes. All right, well, we have some news.
1: (laughs) I just... Get lucky and keep finding stuff. I don't know how.
0: (laughs) Steve is the amazing um, uh, digger, basically. (laughs) He's had so found so much information for this. It's it's great. Works out perfect for us. Uh, Let me see. Sci Fi has announced that it has greenlit a new limited anthology series, Channel Zero, from Nick Antosca from Hannibal. Friday the 13th, Teen Wolf, and Max Landis, Chronicles, an American Ultra. Universal Cable Productions will serve the studio for this 12-hour order, which will air on Sci-Fi in two self-contained six-episode seasons in the fall of 2016 and fall of 2017 as the centerpiece of the channel's annual 31 Days of Halloween programming event, which is always fun. The first installment of Channel Zero is set to debut with a six-part Candle Cove based on the unnerving tale written by Chris Straub, which gained notoriety online as a popular creepypasta, a user-generated horror site that's published and passed around on the Internet, which has some really amazing stuff on there that's really super creepy. (laughs) Um, Candle Cove centers on one man's obsessive recollection of a mysterious children's television program from the 1980s, and his ever-growing suspicion about the role it might have played in a series of nightmarish and deadly events from his childhood. This already sounds creepy. I love yeah, it. Real creepy. <laughs> and Tosca, a novelist and screenwriter, wrote the pilot and will serve as the executive producer along Landis, alongside Landis. Sorry. Um, the second yet to be announced six-season series of Channel Zero will premiere on Sci-Fi in 2017," said Dave Howe, president, Sci-Fi and Chiller. As Sci-Fi's first-ever Halloween original scripted series, Channel Zero will transport viewers into the deepest recess, recesses of their darkest imagination, with frightening tales from two of the genre's most accomplished storytellers, Max Landis and Nick and Tosca. I... Oh, gosh. I just have no words right now. I'm, like, super excited already. And I've just read this, like, just this minute. Um, we're thrilled to partner with Max Landis and and Tosca to bring these brilliantly macabre stories to life, said Jeff Watchtell, chief content officer of NBC Universal Cable Entertainment. Fans are in for a haunting, spine-tingling ride. Um... And Tasca and Landis as long said as long as fans of experimental horror and science fiction from Twilight Zone to Tales from the Crypt, we are overjoyed to have the opportunity to offer exposure to a new genre I'm sorry, new generation of creators. Channel Zero is a great opportunity to explore new frontiers in the genre in a way that allows us to really dig in and get weird. <laughs> I, this is awesome i want it to be really super creepy and i already feel like it is it would have been weirder though if they said like about a mysterious television show that he's only the one he's the only one who can remember but maybe that's what's going to happen
1: that's awesome
0: (laughs) okay sorry go ahead
1: we have more is critically (laughs) acclaimed time travel thir- thriller 12 Monkeys will return for a second season on Monday, April 18th at 9pm Eastern. Yes! Yay. <laughs> this all new 13 episode will air Mondays with Aaron Stanford as James Cole, Amanda Schul as Dr. Cassandra Riley, Kirk Acevedo as Ramsey, Emily Hampshire, who is absolutely fantastic in this Oh, I love her. Show. <laughs> as Jennifer Goines, Barbara Sukova as Katerina Jones, and Todd Stashwick as Deacon reprising their role, roles. Twelve Monkeys follows the journey of Cole, a time traveler sent back in time from a dark, hellish future to prevent it from ever happening. Joining forces in the present with Dr. Riley, Cole must defeat a centuries-old Malevolent organization known as the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. As Cole and Riley and their unlikely allies get closer to the truth, they'll learn there are deadly consequences for all of history and time itself. Yee. Yes. <laughs> They're already showing a preview, and oh my God, does it look good? We're going way back.
0: <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the new preview. Oh, man. But I know they have been re-showing it. So it is on there. So if you haven't caught it, definitely watch. Yes. It's also coming out on Blu-ray, though.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Which is already, I think, you can pre-order on Amazon. And if you feel like ordering it, we have Amazon links on Fangirlzone.com.
1: Absolutely use those links. (laughs) Terry Metalis and Travis Pickett from Nikita are executive producers and showrunners with Charles Roven, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, American Hustle, The Dark Knight Trilogy, and Richard Suckle, Suicide Squad, American Hustle, The International as executive producers.
0: Mm, they got some heavy hitters then.
1: Yes. Coming into this.
0: Interesting. But it was a really good first season, so they're just going to amp it up a little bit all right in hunters when baltimore fbi agent flynn carroll nathan phillips wolf creek wife goes missing his search leads him to a highly classified government organization the exo terrorism unit etu that just sounds weird um who track and fight alien terrorists Brittany olfort from american horror story plays reagan a valuable etu operative keeping secrets of her own this gritty sci-fi thriller also stars Julian McMahon from nip Talk, also known as Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. as the dangerously unhinged terrorist McCarthy. The 13-episode first season debuts Monday, April 11th, at 10 p.m. Eastern. Oh, everything's gonna be on Monday now.
1: God Yes,
0: <laughs> I work late. I, I have Magicians to work this out. Think
1: Magicians is on Monday too. I
0: thought that was Tuesdays.
1: You may be right.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I thought they were filling the spot when Expanse leaves. But let me finish this up. Hunters is executive producer, or from executive producer Gail Inherd sorry, from The Walking Dead and Terminator Trilogy and Natalie Shidez, 12 Monkeys and Heroes, who will serve as showrunners and Emily Levacetti from Royal Pains. The series is inspired by best-selling author Whitley Schreiber's novel Alien Hunter. And I know we've mentioned it. I'm just really excited that they are doing so much with books on sci-fi now. Yes. Because that opens up a huge world for them. Like, there's so much out there. I would really love for them to maybe look at Ringworld to do Mm -hmm. something with.
1: That would be nice. Or
0: Discworld. Wait, is the Discworld books, too, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I have not read those. I've read Ringworld. I think both of them would translate really well, though, from what I've heard about Discworld, onto the Sci-Fi Channel. And then there's just, like, thousands and thousands of books, <laughs> yeah. which if anybody else is out there listening and wants, you know, to throw in their two cents of what Sci-Fi book you think would make a good show for Sci-Fi Channel, send us an email at fangirlzonepodcasts at com, because I want to know what you guys think, too. Because I know I'm not the only one who's like, "Oh, this book would be great." Okay, we are absolutely. going
1: absolutely.
0: Well, I'm sure you have a ton that you're like, "I have a ton, Sean. Let me talk about." <laughs> oh, there's just so many. I can't help it. I I get excited about books. Books. All right.
1: All right. Episode five <laughs> was entitled "Back to the Butcher."
0: That just has a creepy title.
1: Yes, very creepy title. <laughs> For lack of options, the Canterbury survivors accept a proposal by OPA leader Fred Johnson to join him at Tycho Station. And they rename their salvage ship the Rosiante. A flashback shows how Johnson became the butcher of Anderson Station ten years ago as a UN Marines colonel. He led an assault on a station occupied by protesting miners, killing all despite their attempts at surrender. On Cersei's Miller finds evidence linking Julie Mao to the OPA who try to recruit him through their local agent Anderson Dawes. Then Miller is abducted by unknown people.
0: Ah, oh, so much going on. Where, yeah. where do you want to start?
1: Let's start with Anderson station and okay. that's how the episode <gasps> began.
0: It took me a minute to realize this was a flashback because I must have missed it on the screen right. And then I'm like, wait, is this happening at another part? of the galaxy basically you know right now and you know as it progressed i realized okay this is a flashback but i was a little upset with the fact that uh you know they're saying they're terrorists right away and all you see is a bunch of kids yeah and i'm like what's going on and then obviously until they really progressed with that storyline to to understand because you had the adults who were the minors and the kids living on the station. So as they started explaining it a little more, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. There's a lot of kids here. That's why they're they are taking over the station. But when it comes out that the only reason they took over the station was to protest the, was it like the lack of oxygen, really?
1: Yeah, the low oxygen working conditions that had caused their children to develop Hypoxic brain injury, so they were just trying to stand up for their children,
0: right? It, I was, because I I wasn't like I said I wasn't getting it at first because you see, like this dad and his daughter, and you have him like she has like an iPad, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah, it's, in the future the Apple's still around apparently, um and like matching colors and shapes and and I didn't understand that again. I'm just like well she looks. You know, to be like seven ish, I would think between five and seven. I would think she knows her colors and and shapes, and and then as they explain that, I'm like, oh gosh, no wonder, you know, these kids are oh, fighting to have basic, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not basic knowledge, but just like brain power, I guess is the best way yeah, to put
1: it. A, a normal life.
0: Yes, thank you, because I'd have no words, so I just couldn't believe that it was. You know that, and, and when you have, oh goodness, this is in the future, and you have everything that's like curable, because we've seen the medical devices. You know, the guy got shot, and the thing sealed him up, and it was as like, good as new. And you know, talking about you can have, you don't need like a prosthetic arm. You can get something that looks real and feels real. And um, although we did hear about. You know, cancer. So that was still around, but you don't know how much is happening on planet as opposed to just in the like outer rim, basically. So it it just is really disturbing that this is happening. But you've said it previously that the miners and everybody, the builders, it's like slave labor. Yeah. And so uh, they're not treating them the way that they're probably treating the people, you know, on planet.
1: No, no, and, we're right back to the day the slave days
0: and it just it hurts me (laughs)
1: like emotionally yes our UN could even after they finally you know blast them a couple times and they finally go okay we surrender you know we've got children we've got children and no response and then you see it blow up and you go
0: I was horrified
1: yes yes
0: yeah, yeah. there was no response coming out of my mouth. My mouth was just open. <laughs> I was like... Oh. And I think it's worse because when that happens, they show the dad holding the little girl mm-hmm. as they float away in space. I had tears. I honestly had tears because that was just such a sad scene. And, of course, then that's when we finally learn uh f- who Fred Johnson is
1: Yeah, the butcher of Anderson Station.
0: He's standing in like well almost like outside the ship.
1: Yeah, a docking station or something.
0: Right, watching all these the debris and the people float by like it's no big deal. This is something that's done all the time. And uh then you have somebody, you know, congratulating him and it was just horrific. And then when you, you know, flash back and and think about what happened in the previous episode. It's like, no wonder that religious leader was so freaked out by him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anybody who knows who he is would not want to get on his uh, bad side.
0: I'm, <laughs> right. uh, I'm sure that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in 10 years, when you have um, our survivors from the Canterbury now on the Rosinata, Ros- yeah. um, going to meet him, you totally understand why they are so leery. Because, I mean, how much does somebody change in 10 years? When they're willing to just kill all these men, women, and children, can you really trust them with your life? Mm,
1: But like Holden said, what other choice do we have?
0: And I, I totally understand that.
1: But, yeah, I, I would be, you know, and we'll see in the next episode how they come on board the uh, Tycho. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, wow. It's, like, really hard to, to get past that. and I don't know if I'd really be able to see him as a good guy. It, I don't know, even know how to say this. He could have cured cancer after that, and I know, still don't think anybody would have been able to see him as a good guy. No, no. Yeah, this isn't a greater good kind of thing. It wasn't let those people die to save the rest of the universe. No. Yeah, this was... was, They wanted to put an uprising down, and wow. But it was so powerful because they kept flashing back to those scenes, and because you didn't get the whole story at one time, I think that's what really made it more powerful. But did we ever find out, was that little girl the same one from childhood's end? Because I swear, I mean hey sci-fi is like hey you know what i'm gonna use this girl (laughs) i'm gonna just use her in a couple episodes it's fine it's totally fine (laughs) but it it just i kept looking at her going is that is that the same kid because it was kind of hard to like really see the face up until i think it was the very very end right when when she's like floating away that sounds so bad (laughs) when she's floating away Uh, I can't even remember her name from Childhood's End, though. Because I'm... uh, (laughs) I'm trying to hurry up and look, and I... Oh, she was Jennifer, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer. No, this is the only thing that they had listed for her, but... I'm telling you, she looked a lot like her. But then it could have just been the way... Yeah, everything happened to be, you know, the lighting, the hair, the makeup because it was very strange um, seeing her float away and yeah. of course it could have been the tears So, <laughs> could have been anything really
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I sound like a dork but you know anyway
1: alright <sighs> let's head on to Cersei's and our favorite gumshoe miller
0: Oh my gosh. He Okay, first of all, I want to say and, and this I've said it a couple times in um in live tweeting this. <laughs> and again, this sounds weird. Um he's got this weird skater do happening.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: So like when he's not wearing like when he's wearing his hat, I feel like he's very business. Right. So all I can think of is like a mullet. <laughs> Party Out in the front, yeah, but it's like you know, business in the front, party in the back. So when he's wearing his hat, you know, it's all business. When he doesn't have his hat on, things are kind of weird. His hair is all awry, and it's like half his head is shaved. And I'm like, okay, so it's like a skater do, but he can command authority with the the hat. But a lot of people make fun of that hat too. Yeah, I know this has absolutely nothing to do with the storyline but i think it's freaking hilarious how much fun he gets made up with the hat.
1: Well, and it it actually probably does have a little bit to do with the storyline because you know, he's he was born and raised in the belt. So he's a belter like almost everybody else on Cersei's, but the hat is a symbol of earth to them. Okay. You know, because he wants to be like and-
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, and I so see that. And so they
1: see him as an Earther. They don't see him as a Belter, and we even, you know, hear Dawes say that.
0: I didn't think about it that way, but, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sorry. Like, I totally went off track with Miller's storyline.
1: <laughs> That's all right. We see that Havelock didn't die, and I want to know how.
0: I know. I was like, okay, are his is his organs, like, on, like, the opposite sides? Because you hear about that <laughs> sometimes happening, just like a weird Kind of genetic, almost like a defect.
1: Yeah, the twins' uh, heart being on the opposite side. Right, (laughs) right.
0: Like maybe that, or is he some kind of clone? Uh
1: huh. Because uh, uh, we touched on uh, that. Completely human, humanoid. uh, Mm. Yeah, there's. To survive, you know, that through the chest and being. Hung up there for who knows how long. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> excuse me. I did think it was uh, not funny. Not funny, haha. Funny, strange, I guess is the way it That he managed to get himself off of the rod and he's right. like laying, and there's a assumably, questionably moral <laughs> woman coming past. <laughs> and not like, oh my gosh, there's a cop something's wrong she starts checking his
1: pockets yeah
0: and i'm like uh, you know what i as sad as this is to say i don't think the first response to anybody anymore not even just in in television just in reality is oh maybe we need to get somebody we need to get help unfortunately i think a lot of them are like oh is there anything in there we can take before we get help
1: Right, or get out of there. Right. So we don't get accused of the ones, you know, doing it.
0: Right, and then, like, he grabs her hand, and she's like, oh, my God, you're alive. I need help. It's like, yeah, that's that's what you were doing. You were trying to turn him over see what he had in his pocket. But do you and think they're going to explain it?
1: No, I don't think we'll ever get a, a valid explanation.
0: Maybe not this season, hopefully in the
1: next. Maybe. Yes, <laughs> Well, in season two.
0: They're going to just kind of keep if all If everybody
1: survives this season.
0: They're going to just keep <laughs> all these little, you know, little storylines out there. It's like, let's see if we can tie them up. You know, some shows take a long time to tie stuff up. Look at Doctor Who. So That's you never know. True. Maybe true. they have this huge plan. Uh, should be interesting to find out. I'm sorry. Go ahead again.
1: <laughs> well, we, Miller... Continues his search for uh, Julie Mao as the rest of the security team tries to hunt down Havelock's attacker. But Miller uh, takes a look at the uh, documents that they found inside the dead data broker which contained a flight path for a ship called the Anubis. And uh, he gets to thinking and then we get this just awesome FX that shows him manipulating two different flight paths and see that they actually met at one point.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool. And like I said before, you know, the amount of special effects that they put into this television show, you know, they're they're not skimping on anything. No. So I, I do love that a lot. And just having that where it's like just a computer screen that's like in the air and that he can manipulate and move around. And it, it's, I think, pointing him to very dangerous territory, though, yeah. which we find out later that we're not that far off. Yeah. And he goes off trying to question people about what she has gotten herself into and who has helped her along the way. And her storyline, again, for a woman who has not e- barely been in the show. Right. <laughs> and we're on episode five right now, going into episode six to talk about this. Like, she has had a huge storyline. And I have a feeling because I never got a chance to watch the original Twin Peaks. But mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing with that, right? Like, there was a girl mm-hmm. in the very first episode, very little little bit, but everything revolved around her. Right and I know that's what's happening, and I know there's a huge reveal in Tw- Twin Peaks. I'm assuming we're going to get like an even bigger one here with as much as I think all of these storylines, because we have so many different things happening, Mars, Earth, Luna, the Belters, the Canterbury. You have the Mars Navy, and you have Tycho, and I think it's all going to be one huge, giant ice cream sundae on top of what we find out about Julie Mao.
1: It's amazing.
0: But it's interesting, some of the information that he starts gathering. Now,
1: first he gets approached by Dawes again, who uh, does give up that Julie was OPA. But he's willing to make a deal. Basically, he wants to be uh, kept in the loop on Miller's investigation in return for providing him the uh, guy who uh, attacked Havelock.
0: And right there, I mean, could there be a bigger, like, prize dangling in front of him?
1: Exactly. And especially saying that it was his partner. Right. You would think, you know, he would have jumped on that in a split second. But, no.
0: Well, I think this is just showing us that even though in the first episode they showed Miller taking a bribe and everything, that he is a lot more, I guess, trustworthy. But I guess it's more—it's like deep down he had to find a reason to want to really be the man he should be. I know that sounds super cheesy. <laughs> now that I said that out loud, I'm like, oh, I don't believe I just said that. I <laughs> but I I just feel like there's there's something more, and it just took this case,
1: right, to bring it out of I him.
0: Mean. And I think. Uh, That's actually surprising a lot more people, but I I don't know. And I kind of wish they'd explain it a little more, too. Like, did he have a sister or something? And that's why he's so dog with a bone trying to figure out what happened to Julie Mao. We don't really know anything about his background.
1: No, we don't.
0: And I'm hoping, again, that we get some more information to find out why he's so, you know, dead set against it on finding out what happened to her unless it was something, like I said, if he had some kind of sister or family member or something that was kind of taken in by the OPA Mm -hmm. and duped into doing something.
1: That got her killed.
0: that's, That's what I'm kind of thinking, why he's, you know, like this girl, yeah, she was rich, but she was, you know, she doesn't know a lot. And again, the more we find out about Julie... Because he finds a captain of, what was it, like, a, kind of a crappy ship, but it was almost like a sightseeing thing. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it, because, like, the way they explained it just seemed kind of like, eh.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a, you know, just a transport ship, basically.
0: But she, uh, she was using it to scope out a bunch of stuff. Different planets, different mining colonies, and then she ended up at one and was helping because there was a collapse, right? Right. And that's when it turned out, like, she was down there and and the guy kept saying, you know, don't, you shouldn't be down there. And she's like, oh, I'm fine. But it turns out because she was down there breathing this poisoned air that these same people were breathing, she ended up with cancer. And that's when we find out that there's still, you know, diseases like that in the future. Right. And... That makes me feel like she's not a terrorist. She's, you know, trying to help these people and trying to do better for them. But right. the OPA is looked on as terrorist.
1: Yeah. And we don't have a whole lot on the OPA just yet. All we, You know, Johnson's OPA, Dawes's OPA, and we've seen the Belters. They're the more vocal of the two groups, you know, just trying to stir up trouble. Now, you figure the OPA is not the Salvation Army. Right. <laughs> Even though, you know, what Julie was doing was, you know, doing She was that.
0: more missionary-esque.
1: Right. So yes. it's going to be interesting to see how the OPA actually ends up being when we get to see their true colors.
0: Okay. This should be, uh, this should be fun. Because yes, they don't it. have a lot of episodes to really flesh it out. And I think it's going to be a lot more surprising than we're thinking right
1: now. Exactly. Now, of course, Miller does end up finding a mechanical hamster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was dead in Julie Mao's apartment until it started right. moving. And I'm like, oh, okay, must not be a real hamster. <laughs>
1: And when he remembers that there was one in Julie's apartment, so he goes back, he finds it, and there just happens to be a data chip inside that little... Bugger. Rodent. <laughs> which he turns around and hides in his hat.
0: Yes. And again, I uh, you know, the hat coming into play. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting because, yeah, I guess if somebody's going to... Check you. They're going to check your pockets and everything. I mean, who would think to look inside a hat?
1: Exactly. But as he leaves Julie's apartment, he gets abducted by somebody placing a bag over his head. (laughs) So original. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And they shock him. Yeah. And I don't know if you paid attention, but, like, they show, like, these people walking past, and, like, they're watching this happen, and they just... You know, keep on keep on walking.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's so many. They they're trying real hard to show this future isn't. We haven't evolved that much in these 200 years into the future. We've still got apathy. We've still got (laughs) poppycocks. Well, they're they're definitely showing that the civilization hasn't evolved any. We're still facing a lot of the well, moral yeah. and so societal issues that we are dealing with today.
0: You have very much the class function. You have war. Right. You have, you know, hate mongering. You know, it. it's...
1: The government not doing anything for the poor and the needy.
0: Right. And it's just, uh, it's sad that, you know, this isn't what you'd call a dystopian future, because that would mean that it would be uh utopia gone wrong but right you know it's that we haven't no matter what has happened we still haven't been able to move past all of this
1: right so different groups not trusting each other
0: and yet everybody seems to be afraid of what's happening so they'd rather just kind of look out for themselves unless they have to get involved again that's just kind of sad and i'm like freaking out because I was like, who took Miller? What is going on? But we do find out a lot of that in the next episode. Yes, we do. So let's just wrap up episode 5 because I have to say, they managed to change the name of the ship. Right. And, like I said, it's the Rosinate. Uh, I knew I'd get it.
1: I know. I (laughs) stumbled with it, too.
0: And, um... It's kinda of funny because there were some other awesome names That's
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> that um Cass Anvar's character was throwing out there. Mm-hmm. And uh
1: Screaming Firehawk. <laughs> Flying Alamo.
0: <laughs> I love they all kinda of look at him like, seriously?
1: Yeah. Like that's not gonna get somebody's attention.
0: Right. And you know, they come up with this name which uh, ends up meaning uh, what was it? Workhorse yes. in Spanish. And of all things, Amos is like, "Oh, I know know a woman named Rosanata. <laughs> what? And I love it. They all look at him like, "You would know somebody with that name." Yeah. So it was just kind of funny. So they switch it. They yeah, they could were in
1: all that that real tense moment as you know, if they don't do it right, the ship will blow itself up.
0: I guess that's one way to get people to not steal ships.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that was a, a nice uh tension release there.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, like I said, they have to throw in these comedic things here and there, so I did I did appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yes, it was it was needed in this episode.
0: Yes, it
1: was very much so.
0: <sighs> All
1: right, episode six entitled Rock Bottom.
0: Okay. Now right there, I'm gonna stop you. Okay. Because I have a question.
1: Okay.
0: Because I looked it up and uh on IMDb it says Retrofit for this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I want to say when I was watching the episode it did not say Rock Bottom.
1: Oh, okay. And well, then Shame on Wikipedia.
0: When I pulled it up again it said Rock Bottom. I'm like, what is going on with it? <laughs> yeah. They've changed the name.
1: Nobody knows what the name is.
0: I did, I did not know. I was really confused with it. And I, w- I was like, maybe I'm looking at something weird, but we're going to go with Rock Bottom. Because I think most people, because I, I want to say that when people were um, tweeting, they were saying, you know, tagging Rock Bottom, which it I had no idea. <laughs> All right, let me give the synopsis now that I, now I've gone on my little rant about <laughs> the names not matching. Right. <laughs> Miller discovers revealing information on a hidden data cube, a major secret. Holden and crew arrive at Tycho Station surprised by their host's hidden agenda. Really? Is anybody really surprised with any hidden agenda anymore? No. Just in general? No. Um Holden no. makes an uneasy alliance sharing everything he knew about the destruction of the Canterbury and MCRN Doniger. By asking Holden to testify, it was pretty clear the OPA wasn't the big bad pulling the strings. Johnson seemed fairly convinced neither Earth nor Mars was behind the attacks. Ava wanted to spy on Tycho Station and once again made things personal in order to get her way. I love that woman and I screw up both her real name and her character name. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so hard. It's easy to read. Uh, like I said, any kind of alliances or any kind of hidden agendas, when you're dealing with somebody who you were just calling the butcher, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I was surprised that they seemed to be so adamant that they wanted these guys to testify, basically to be like, it wasn't us. Right. I'm still not 100% convinced with that, though.
1: Yeah, Johnson's not a cuddly teddy bear that you could uh, (laughs) trust very easily. So (laughs) I think they may want that as a defense that may be able to throw Earth and Mars off the trail slightly Mm -hmm. or for a short time, long, long enough for them to complete whatever their next big plan is. Well,
0: he seemed really... Johnson, I should say, seemed really, really cooperative. I mean, not at first, because obviously they come off the, the Rossi. It was Amos and... Yeah,
1: Amos and Holden both
0: With armed. guns, yeah. And, you know, trying to say that there's, what was it, half a legion or whatever with them? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, 30 uh, yeah. soldiers on board.
0: Yeah, and I love that they're like, well, first of all, this doesn't hold that many people, and... You know, Johnson knew way, way too much. And, I mean, I understand trying to hide your numbers, trying to, you know, seem more, well, just more.
1: In a position of strength instead of a position of weakness.
0: Right. I get that, because you have no idea what's going on. I mean, they're the only ones that reached out to you. They're the only ones that offered you safe harbor, and he gave you all these kind of back doors to try to save your ship by changing the name and the call signs and everything and it's just you know i i don't think they'd be able to really look at him you know and be a hundred percent convinced of anything he said no and so i think it was kind of funny you know as they're going with their back and forth trying to you know have their little pissing contest. It's <laughs> the best way to say it. I mean, they all, yeah. you know, because Johnson had his guys with guns, and he's like, "Well, you can kill me, but they'll kill you." And da da da. And next thing we have Nagata getting on like the intercom, and she's got the ship's guns pointed at guys that I would not have thought about because they were on the outside of the ship attempting to get in. Right. And, and you know, she's like, "Tell you people back off, or I'm going to shoot them." <laughs> And I think that really showed that, you know, Johnson was willing to do whatever.
1: Yes.
0: And that, again, you know, red flags for me.
1: Oh, yeah. And later on in the episode when... Uh, A <clears throat> whole lot more red flags. Yeah. When uh, Holden, you know, they, Holden and Johnson are standing there talking about the new mission that Holden's going to undertake by himself and um there you see some blood there on the step down into the cargo hold and Johnson brings it up and Holden tells him yeah the you know Lopez is down there.
0: Yeah, and when he, you know, he's it seemed really nice. All of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I'll take care of him. I'll make sure it gets back to Mars and his body's buried there." It's like, "I don't know about you." But I just had this, huh? Kind of look on my face.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, mm, not buying it. Yeah,
0: yep, exactly. I'm just like, I don't believe you. Um.
1: And of course he goes. Johnson goes down there and finds a data disc and
0: yes. pockets I, it. I'm wondering if that was the one that the captain of the um MCRN Donagher yes. had given Yes. Was it? Because I wasn't sure if that was that or if it was some kind of like um like video recorder that was on the body for everything that was happening for them to see you know what happened as they were
1: No, trying I to get think off. it was the data disk that
0: Okay, the captain gave. The
1: captain gave him because that would be the one thing that may or may not implicate the OPA.
0: Gotcha. See, yeah, I was kind of like, I didn't know, and I was kind of back and forth, because, I mean, did Holden even know that he had it? I can't even remember. No.
1: Okay. I don't think so.
0: That's why, and and of all things, why would Johnson think to look at that, or did he just assume there would be something?
1: Uh, He knows a whole lot more about what's going on than he's letting on. That's true. He seemed to know more about... You know, he knew they had escaped, so true. that means he had communications with those ships that were attacking Donager.
0: That's true. That's true. Unless somehow the, he had the Donager, like, bugged.
1: Right. Or somebody, a, a spy on the Donager. Mm. All sorts could. of
0: things, yeah. It just all kind of, like, just makes this snowball more and more. Yeah. This was basically everything it happened on Tycho. Not everything, but a lot of it did. And it was um, interesting with some of the reveals that were happening.
1: Oh, yeah. You because, had... You know, Milt Holden was not going to put the rest of the crew's life in jeopardy.
0: Right. And he was and completely they, willing to just do this on his own and, and negotiate for his, his crew's safety. And... and, and I think this is the point that he reveals, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he reveals to them the reason he's doing it is because it was all his fault. Right. That they went after that in the first place.
1: Yeah, he's the one who logged the distress call.
0: But I'm just going to throw this out here because, you know, sliding door theory. If they had not gone, would they have all been dead or would none of it have happened? You know, you had those two things, two branches that come off of that same...
1: From that one decision, exactly.
0: They could have either all been dead, or none of this would have happened in the first place. Like, the ship would have never revealed itself.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's just like, okay, so... Again, so many storylines could come off of this.
1: Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I would think if it was them being out there, the ships would have just taken their little... Shuttle and blown it up. Oh, okay, and left the Canterbury alone. I think the whole plan was to attack the Canterbury. Mm.
0: Okay, interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: if you want a war, you got to start it somewhere. Yeah, that's true. And ice seems to be a uh, thing that will start it.
0: <laughs> true. Yeah, it's a major thing because water. You, if you're gonna own the water. Um, let me see, where were we? Oh yeah, uh, the the guys all go off and kind of relax a little, on the ship. They hit bars.
1: Yeah, imagine that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing, space bars. <laughs> well, you have Amos and Alex, mm-hmm. in a bar, and. Al- uh, I'm sorry, not Alex. Amos gets approached by a guy. And it was kind of interesting because he's like, oh, I'm not interested, but that guy over there has a knife and he's been looking at you. And I'm like, what the heck is going on?
1: <laughs> and we find out, as apparently Amos has been raised in bars most of his life.
0: Yes by somebody in the oldest profession in the world.
1: world yeah. And apparently
0: <laughs> in the galaxy. Yeah. So, uh, But apparently it's different because they're treated different. The heck, they might be unionized. I mean, <laughs> we got... It's not just kind of seedy back alley kind of stuff. Right. Um, And then Alex, because Amos is like, oh, why don't you go spend some you know, some money. You're not married, you're fine. And he reveals which I thought he was married and that's oh, why he always no. had that picture of the woman and child. Right. But he's he's no longer married because he was basically married to the job.
1: Right. And he wanted while he was in the Navy.
0: Yes. He always wanted to be on space but he never had like a good ship it was always what did he say like little crappy kind of puddle jumper things puddle jumpers
1: uh huh
0: and so when they got the Rossi and I happened to tweet this to him I'm like wow there's like an instant love affair there he's like the Rossi's a good ship you don't understand (laughs) and then when we get this you kind of understand more his character is just so happy to be on a real ship you know mm-hmm. something that's up to date and can do a lot more and so what he's always wanted but it was still sad that we had you know the re- reveal of him basically being married to the job and right. so he he let his family go i was saddened by that and by amos's story that you know he was either part of the oldest profession or just grew up with it right cuz i wasn't quite sure the way it, it was said
1: Yeah, the way he put it, you really couldn't tell.
0: Okay, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. But I was like, wait, is this that he was part of it or just in the world because he grew up? Right. And we have Nagata and And Holden. it could be
1: a combination of both. Oh, that's true. You know, he could have grown up in it and then became part of it. It was a teenager.
0: Yeah. And you have Nagata and Holden talking (laughs) and uh, just... Not really learning a whole lot about each other, necessarily, but we learn more about Holden, is what I think. Right. You know, and he, again, just wanted to keep them safe. And, you know, he's telling Nagata, all right, well, basically you're going to set it up where if they do something or try to, you know, push me out the airlock, it, the whole place is going to blow up. And she's like, all right, I got you. It's, it's not a problem. And when they're on the ship at one point, she's like, and if they go anywhere they're not supposed to... They're going to die. <laughs> she was a little scary in that moment. Yes. Just a little. Dominic Tripper, I really like you. <laughs>
1: Being scary like that. Yes, there was a couple. And and while they're talking, we see somebody recording them.
0: Yes, with a weird, like, cyber
1: eye yeah, camera. cyborg uh, eye cam.
0: <laughs> and it's really, okay, and this is not about this, but it's sci-fi-esque. Um. I had read, like, the next day that there's, uh oh, God, in Canada, they're actually doing, like, cybernetic implants into eyes to help you get 20-20 vision instead of, like, LASIK. Ooh. And I just thought, how appropriately timed is this? Like, we just <laughs> yeah. seen that happen, and I'm reading this the next day. I was like, this is really weird. Because I could totally see that happening. I mean, they have... We had that data broker that all all sorts of stuff in him. Why not have something that can record? But apparently, it was also transmitting. And that was kind of weird.
1: Now, could that have been the spy that uh, Avasarala was uh, demanding from uh,
0: yeah, Vila? From, and I don't know. I mean, because we see something in a preview for the next episode. That, um, you know, that guy is saying, you know, I I sent you the footage. Right. But it's like, who is he talking to? (laughs) It could be anybody. Mm -hmm. And, again, this just gets deeper and deeper. (laughs) We're going down the rabbit hole.
1: Yes, we are.
0: But as they're going to leave Tycho Station, we have uh, basically a standoff that the crew of the Canterbury basically said, you're not going without us. Yeah. (laughs) And they made a deal because they all, what was it, a video testimony
1: of what happened.
0: And uh, apparently that's good enough because they let them go and they were on a new mission.
1: Go pick up an OPA operative.
0: Right. Which, again...
1: Going through deep Mars space apparently.
0: Right. So they made them out to be was it gas haulers? Yeah. And I have to say, Amos is apparently a pretty good tagger because he was out and man, apparently tagging in the future a lot easier. Yeah. Cause he was kind of like spray painting in just like big swoops mm-hmm. and was coming up with a, a a picture to put on the hall of the Rossi. So I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Oh yeah. So definitely was. Yeah,
0: so that's what happened. Between Tycho and our people, but we still have stuff going on on Earth. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about
1: Earth? Well, we definitely get to see Arvisa use her influence once again, and it doesn't seem to matter who it is. If she needs something, she's going to get it. Yes,
0: because she doesn't care who she has to threaten.
1: No. No, because... This guy's apparently son is up for parole, but um, she can make sure he doesn't see the light of day.
0: She, like I said, ruthless. This woman, mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy cow, how much you know, power does she actually have? Is she like a lot higher up than we're thinking? She, uh,
1: because she's still I, an undersecretary, so she's not the head person of the UN, but she may be one of the... T- top three or four. I feel like she is the one
0: doing all the dirty work that they need done, because they know she will do it. (laughs) And then they kind of scold her later.
1: Right. For the methods that she uses. Right. We do at least get a hint of what what drives her. Apparently, she lost her son.
0: And... They didn't give a whole lot of
1: explanation? No, 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 they didn't. But Just, this isn't revenge. Oh, yes it is.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's why, again, something that I started thinking about, is she 100% sure that her son is dead? Or is that what she was told? There was no body and maybe he became an OPA operative or something.
1: Uh Uh-huh, yes. Uh, a Julie Mao yeah. type. Yes. A rich and influential son that goes to the dark side. <laughs> or goes to the light.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't know who's the bad we don't guy, know really. <laughs> That's what I find really interesting about this, that we really don't know who's because, the good guys and who's the bad guys. Right. It's, I guess, all a matter of perspective. So. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have no clue. we're just still learning everything. Ooh. <laughs> it's so much stuff
1: yeah and and even in this episode, you still got you get a little side story about a rock hauler,
0: yeah, that was kind of messed up though. Yeah, big time.
1: (laughs) But it's showing how, you know, the Mars Navy... How desperate the Belters are.
0: Right, but how Mars Navy isn't all on the up and up either. No, you
1: can't trust them either.
0: (laughs) And, you know, they're telling these guys, oh, well, you can't go through here, so you have to go around. And he's like, well, we'll die. We don't have enough fuel. And he's like, oh, well. Yeah. And when that whole thing happens, you know, the, the older guy gets drunk, basically. And next thing you know, he's throwing the younger one, who happens to be his nephew, into, like, the airlock and throwing the spacesuit at him. And I was like, holy crap, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I honestly, I, I couldn't even figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he ejects his, this kid out into space, and you hear him then, like, ranting as the... The nephew's like, Uncle, please, Uncle, please don't do this. You know, he starts ranting about it should be different. Turn on your, was it turn on your signal, you'll be fine?
1: Right. Somebody will find you.
0: And next thing you know, he's like aiming to ram that Navy ship. Yeah. And then they, it blows up. Which I wasn't really sure what the storyline was about, other than the you can't trust anybody thing.
1: Right. Now, the the kid that got is floating out in space right now was actually the uh, glitter punk that Miller busted for stealing water on Cersei's back in episode two. Was he? Yes.
0: Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that.
1: Yes, and I kind of figured that it's going to be Holden and company that find him floating in space and end up rescuing him.
0: I did not even realize that. And I just kind of assumed that, yeah, that's the progression of the story. Right. But
1: I think that's... Yeah, they're really going some crazy ways to kind of tie a couple of things together.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, yeah, at the end of the season, we may see... That come into play as well.
0: Oh my gosh! And we don't have that many episodes. Like more that we said. Um, right. This was four episode six. There's four episodes left. So, how the heck are they going to pull it all together? I am really, I am in awe of what might happen. How are they going to pull it together? I want like longer episodes now.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we haven't even talked about Miller.
0: Oh no! We have to go back to Miller. So, like we said, he got he got bagged and tagged. So, speak.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, and he's being interrogated, kind of, sort of, by none other than Dawes, and Dawes is just really mad that he wouldn't take the bribe.
1: Yes, and because uh, apparently, what I gathered from this was he doesn't know what happened to Julie. And he wants to know.
0: So I'm wondering if, even though she's OPA, has she kind of gone rogue?
1: Mm-hmm. But... Or did she discover something that she left him out of the loop on?
0: Hmm. Then you have Miller talking about uh, basically calling Dawes out on what he did to his own sister.
1: Right.
0: Um, and again, that was... Just upsetting. But can Ooh. I say, the whole time this was happening, like, any time Miller got to be a smartass, like, the one girl would tase him. Yeah. I'm like, I can just see him getting up and popping her in the face. <laughs> and I think I tweeted that. I'm like, that that girl is going to get, like, a beat down like no other.
1: Yeah. Deserved one, that's for sure. <laughs> right.
0: It's like, bitch, you tase me again. Da- we find out, oh, and you know what? And I just watched it again, and I, I forgot... He had several brothers and sisters?
1: Yeah, he had three other sisters besides his younger one. So okay. he had four sisters.
0: And she just, it, it got to where he couldn't feed them all? Right. And now you're going to have to help me out because, like I said, I watched it and I, I lost it because it was sad. Did he actually kill her or he just let her die?
1: I think he just let her die.
0: Because she was too weak. Right. That's why at first I'm like, Wait, I was trying to get it, and I'm like, I, the second time around even, I couldn't grasp it if it was, you know, which which one it was. And I'm like, right. oh, my God, it would be even worse if he killed her. But, I, I mean, how would you feel? Because you have to take care of family. You have to take them with you. But she's too weak. You can't afford it. What are you going to do? How on earth do you let that happen? I... I it had to be devastating.
1: Like he said, he cried so hard he cried blood.
0: blood. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have to move past this. <laughs> but basically, there's a lot of back and forth, and he finally tells Miller, "You're gonna die the way you lived."
1: Right. You're not loyal to your people, and so the goons toss him down an airlock, and.
0: Oh my gosh! I was. Were you tense? I was so tense. Oh yeah. Because uh, I'm like, I can't believe anybody's going to live through the season. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: uh, he tried is- to climb
0: out, but I love that they threw his hat and shoes in there. It's like, yeah. here, have everything. He tried to climb out and fell back in. And, yeah, the air's getting sucked out. He's starting to not be able to breathe. And next thing you know, as they're gazing down on him, <laughs> you know, blood splatters because... Yeah. They're both shot. And lo and behold,
1: our it's. Our, to the rescue.
0: Yes. I'm like, all right, badass women.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: show has a lot of them. And she opens it up, and she was freaked out.
1: Yeah, she had never killed somebody before, so.
0: And what did he say? Just throw them in the airlock and we will let them out? Yeah. Wow, okay. So they do that. They go back to... Was it even his place or was it back to Julie Mao's place? Because he's been I in Julie Mao's place a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was...
0: He realizes he still has the security disc. Yes. And they both looked at it, though, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. It was both of them that looked at it. Yes. And he figured out what it is and he goes to this captain... And I got so ticked off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and the ultimate tor- turn on you.
0: <laughs> right. She was the one who put him on this assignment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, you know, he's telling her what he found, and she grabbed the disc, and she's like, did you make a copy? He's like, no, it's encrypted. You can't. Did anybody else see it? Now, immediately he said no. Yes. That's it's why not. I had a moment where I'm like, wait, no, she did see it, right?
1: Yes, she did.
0: So it's his way of saving Octavia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because next thing you know, you know, she erases all of his clearance. He's no longer a cop. And she hides away the disc. And the first thing he says to her is like, he got to you.
1: Yep. Cause, many... bought her out.
0: And she didn't even, like, try to deny it or no. fake it or at all. Which I'm kind of surprised it wasn't even a little bit.
1: Yeah. And you go, well, okay. If the base security is now working for OPA, what's stopping them from taking over the base?
0: Right. It's like, what does that mean for Yeah, everybody else, though?
1: Yeah, they're going to control the flow of vice.
0: Again, very interesting things that happen. So, Miller is escorted out. He is no longer a cop. He's just kind of all on his own. And I noticed they showed a tattoo on the guy, that one right. of the guys escorting him out. But I didn't think that was an OPA thing. I'm thinking it's supposed to be more of these unknown people.
1: And you may be right.
0: Because it wasn't it an anarchy symbol? Yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking it isn't even anybody on that we've really come to know. Right. So, again, should
1: be the, interesting. The, po- the possible fourth unknown party <gasps> that's involved in this whole conspiracy. And hopefully
0: we'll know more. Yes. <sighs> I think Is that's you... everything with episode six. It stressed me out a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's why I had to watch it a second time, and I still miss things because I was stressed. Okay, so, like we said, four more episodes, and then, you know, we're done for this season, but we do have another season. They've already
1: said that. Yes. Already been renewed, so you don't have to worry about that.
0: (laughs) Bonus, because I know there's a lot of shows that I'm always stressing if we're getting a next season. (laughs) Yes. (sighs) Way too often. Um, Like we said earlier, if you check out Fangirlzone.com, I have Amazon links on there. I'm actually working with several different websites to get affiliate links, so I'm going to be working on putting a just a whole page so it'll be just a whole tab you can check out everything everywhere you can go and shop and again, it doesn't cost any extra, and some of them will give me uh discount links every so often so once I get those, I will put them up. A lot of times you'll get like 20% discounts on some of the stuff. So fingers crossed that those start coming through a lot because <laughs> I want everybody to get discounts on stuff. Yes. So fangirlzonepodcast.com. If you wait, rewind fangirlzone.com, fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> it's been a long day. I don't know. I can't think. Words escape me. I apologize, people.
1: Um, Steve, do you want to tell them? Deal with it. This is Sean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. I, I Maybe I need some memory medication. <laughs> I don't know. Chocolate's good for you, right? I'll have some of that. There you go. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Steve. You want to tell them everywhere they can find you other than Oh right,
1: You can find me on the pod doctors a doctor who podcast you can find me on the c word an orphan black podcast you can find me on witness prophecies a sleepy hollow podcast and all the other podcasts that sean and i have done in the past over on that other network (laughs) yes
0: because we have a lot over and and we are still totally cool with them so you can find us over at dvmpe but we yes. have a lot of stuff coming here. All these
1: guys. Defiance. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Uh, what else did we Surely we did more than that.
0: Oh, my gosh. We did. it. Well, we did Warehouse 13.
1: You're right. But
0: unfortunately, that's gone. So we might have to re-release some of those here. There you go. All right. And um, don't forget to check out the YouTube page. Yes. I still I'm sorry I know I'm completely biased that did the interview with uh, people from the Expanse but they were hilarious
1: oh that was so good and keep tweeting that out Maybe and, somebody uh, will finally
0: right <laughs> well they are but yeah Um, and you know again we want to thank everybody who's tweeting with us because you can find me on Twitter at Jetta528 and uh, you know what You guys have been awesome talking about The Expanse, and I appreciate you guys talking to us, and I appreciate the cast and crew and writers of both the book and the writer's room tweeting with us. You guys are awesome, too. Yes, that was a
1: blast, Tuesday night.
0: All right, so hopefully we'll uh, be talking to you guys again very, very soon with that.
1: Yes, we will.
0: All right, so for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirless.
1: And I'm Steve. Talk to you soon. Until next time.